combat divas. Stomp your left, right, left. Combat divas. Hey. Yo, welcome back to the Combat Divas Podcast. This your girl, TG. And your girl, Tanisha B. And we are back, 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 back for another episode. First of all, we want to plug a few of our sponsors. Sponsors, 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 sponsors. Hey, pay the bills, pay the bills. Pay the bills. First up on the docket, Tanisha B. Yeah. All right, so we got Big Toe Season. <laughs> Why Sorry, like go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Washington TG making me laugh. Okay, cool. Big Toe Seasoning is the best seasoning since Larry's. With its array of blended seasonings to include Creole and salt-free options, Big Toe Seasonings is your guide to family dinners, barbecues, game day, and seafood boils. Head over to BigToeSeasoning.com and use our promo code COMBATDIVAS10 to receive 10% off your order. All right. Next up on the docket is my daughter's tea house. My daughter's tea house is your home for tea blends, guys. If you're looking for help with weight loss, looking for a good detox, which I was looking for both, um, looking for energy, I'm always looking for energy, or you just need time to relax, head over to www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash M-E-D-A-R-D-A-S tea house and use promo code Combat Diva for 10% off your order. All right, and last but certainly not least, Wholeness Oasis is our urban holistic wellness boutique that we get all of our athletic wear as well as our products for hair and body. Head over to wholenessoasis.com and use our promo code COMBATDIVAS and enjoy 15% off when you order $40 or more. Today, actually, we have a a, a guest uh, on today, uh, a special interview with a man named Quentin Wilkinson, and his story was so remarkable. One of our uh, kind of buddy podcasters, I guess you would call them, they called us up and was like, hey, we heard this guy's story, and we think he should be on your show. And we reached out to him, we talked to him, and I mean, once we did hear his story, we felt the same, and we definitely wanted to get the message out. Uh, As you know, this is, well, if you may or may not know, it's Military Family Month. Um, and we don't talk enough about the military spouses and the people behind the uniform. There's actually a whole podcast dedicated to it. Uh, I think it's behind, Beyond the Service podcast, but they they talk about it uh, a lot. And we we don't talk about it enough. You know, we know we go through a lot of pain and and we go through a lot uh, during that time as active duty. But uh, our spouses are also going through it with us and family and just everybody. So it'll be very good to highlight his story. I will let him come on and tell a little bit more. I don't want to mess up his story. So without further ado, we're going to have Mr. Quentin Wilkinson. I think I'm adding him now and he's going to, he's going to join our call. Uh, Amazing man. Uh, I I just, it's a lot of triumph in the story, although there's tragedy. Um, There's so much triumph and we can't wait to uh, bring him on and hear what he has to say and hear him talk his story. Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Just talking to a blank square. You're like, uh. That's okay. I could have, I could have did it. I could have zeroed in on the blank square and and worked it out. I would have just shot you a picture online or whatever. Just imagine my face. 
<laughs> just do a little face match. Just plug it into that, that spot. So how you doing, Q? I'm doing all right. How are y'all doing? Good. I, I just went right into calling you Q. I skipped past. No, I prefer that. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, My mama like calls me Quentin. Together. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's the only one? Yeah, she's the only one. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. We army, so you know everybody I battle. So, yeah. Real, real, real quick so. right that that's true and q you are active duty still army yes and wh- where are you stationed now i'm at uh fort bragg oh wow okay down at bragg I, yeah. we were down there for a, a, a little while so um is, is is fort bragg like uh did you just go to fort bragg or you've been there for a while uh so before uh, i got put on recruiting duty up in greensboro north carolina so we moved up there and I was stationed at Fort Bragg prior to that. Uh, okay. And then went past and then I did a compassionate reassignment because my daughter wanted to come back here. So, Gotcha. Understand. So we brought you on the show today to uh, talk your story a little bit. And um, I was saying before you got on that, although there is definitely so much tragedy there, it has been just remarkable to see how you're, bouncing back from such a, an experience. And we, we didn't talk about the experience yet. We wanted you to kind of kind of tell us a little bit more about your story because there's no way, there's no segue into that, you know? Yeah, it's really not one of those things you jump into like after like talking about going grocery shopping, but like, yo, let me tell you a story, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> right, um, exactly. But I want to know how exactly, how long have you been in the service thus far? Uh, 14 years. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So not not long ago. Slope, <laughs> you getting <laughs> so close. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about. Uh, so um, uh, back June twenty first, my wife Whitney, who I've known since I was a freshman in high school, uh, she committed suicide. Wow. wow. Uh, so yeah, that was a that was a big game changer. You know. Um, I went from being a joint parent of a 15 year old and a toddler and to being a single dad of two and trying to like put my life back together and function as an adult again and a single dad and whatever else responsibilities you want to, you know, call it. And obviously there's a lot of single parents out there. I don't want to be like, yeah, you know. But yeah, yeah, there's definitely a tremendous difference. Yeah. And I say it all the time. I'm like, as a single parent, I'm like, you don't know why a person is a single parent. You don't know anyone's circumstances. So everybody's situation is completely different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, But really, uh, it was it was a it was a weird. I won't say weird. A lot of things happened to me in a a short period of time. Right. Like, I've, I've always stated like you beforehand, like I've had buddies that try to commit suicide in the military. And, you know, it's a big thing that we go through as soldiers and airmen or whatever, whatever branch you serve in, like, it's a big thing. There's a mental strain on us all the time. And a lot of the times we forget that our spouses are human too. Right. So, uh, and we forget civilians are human too. Right. Like we have this weird superiority mentality as soldiers, like, you have no clue what we go through. You don't know what it's like to have to do this and do that and be told to do something that doesn't make sense and it just eats at you all day, right? Like, <laughs> like, or you're just staring at somebody that like obviously isn't 
up to par with your thinking process and you're like, I have to listen to this person every single day. And you go home, you take that energy home to your spouse or to your kids and you forget that they, before you were a soldier, you were a human being too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, and they, as as human beings alone, we we battle our own demons all the time. That's and then true. you just add everything else to that. And, you know, uh, part of the reason I'm trying to reach out and talk to as many people as possible is to um, share that aspect. And then also share that, you know, there's different ways that you can cope through some of the, you know, biggest struggles you'll ever come across. So. Wow. I think soldiers, um, I think as soldiers, we, we forget that the people that we are in relationships with, they don't have that same training that we have. They haven't right. been through the uh, deprogramming and reprogramming and especially if you've been deployed, how we've been like inadvertently taught to suppress things. So we lose a soldier, be it to, um, you know, KIA or, um, or they get sent back home due to injuries. The mission continues. So we, we just internalize like, all right, well, we, we still, we got to suck that shit up. We got to keep on moving. But when you're the person that you're in a relationship with, they don't have that, no one driving that point to like, oh, things keep going in the civilian world. They get that break to where it's like something tragic happened. They get a break. They try to process it. And eventually they move on depending on their grieving. But exactly. We, we don't, we, we, it's like we're human, but we're not at the same time as like we're property of the U.S. government and we have to keep pushing, but they don't have that same sentiment. Exactly. And, you know, I tell people all the time, my wife taught me how to grieve, right? So I went through a period of like a few years where I lost a buddy to combat and then I lost a mentor to like brain cancer within like two years. And she was there, you know, like helping me grieve because we go through that thing like well stuff's got to keep moving you got to keep going driving and like she had you know she taught me how to do that again because I really didn't have to do it like by that time I'd been in the military like 12 years you know like at that point you're like you don't know what you're talking about you know and like a lot of things that we also forget on the military aspect is like the camaraderie that we have right you know yeah. like if you walk in a store and I walk in a store and I don't know you but you're in a uniform I automatically like if something goes down I'm gonna look at you and I'm be like yo you good before I go look at somebody else right right uh, you know what I mean like that's just what we do right like yeah. yeah you know what I mean like we always look to our left and our right so um I think that camaraderie that we have in the military is so much stronger than like civilian relationships right like yes yeah, like, it is pretty intense like that that battle buddy uh, term is not used loosely at all. Like it, we no, end up very close friends for like the life, uh, exactly. lifelong. Of course, you know, Tanisha like, and I met in military. You know, so like, yeah, you know, two months of basic training, you like, yo, I still talk to those people. Like you know, <laughs> right. people, friends, friends from like ten years of life. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I haven't talked to those cats in forever. You know right, I mean? like, <laughs> right. You know still I mean? talk like, to people. I'm like, I keep right. in touch with some of them because it's like you still. It, it gives you a place to go. So if you get exactly. like they don't live in your state, so it's like somebody live in California. You kept in touch. It was like, oh, now I got a reason to go take exactly. a trip to California. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So back and so in June, did did you get a like a did you get a phone call or how exactly? Was um, so I got I woke up the next morning because me and the baby were at a buddy's house. We were mm-hmm. just hanging out for like a night or whatever. 
and I saw a text message and I got the text message and I woke up and I tried calling her because we were in Hope Mills and uh, we were, she was living, we were still living in Greensboro, right? Um, I got the text message, I tried calling her that morning. I thought maybe she was just going through it or upset or whatever, you know? Yeah. And that wasn't the case. You know, I got home to the apartment. Uh, the dogs were in their crate. Uh, that's never a thing because our dogs either like sleep with us or they're sleeping on the couch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked in the apartment. I, the baby was in the car seat and I left him at the front door and I found her in the bedroom. Wow. So. I, I can't imagine the thoughts going through your head at that time like what it oh there were a lot right like so i can't imagine the i mean just trying to imagine i i can't even fathom the amount of thoughts going in that direction so like you know um just visualizing that yeah so like the first things like you always want to do is like you it's quick it's interesting like how your brain kicks into certain things right so the first thing i thought of i was like "Mm, this isn't real I'm going to check her pulse, right? And yeah. the way she did it, like, it was obvious, you know what I mean? But, like, I still went through the same thing, and I still checked. And then you go through that point where, like, that slight kick of reality kicks in. And then I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do now, right? Like, I don't I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And then you yeah. – um, I've said before, like, there was a split second where I was like, well, I'll just do it. I'll go out with her, you know what I mean? Like, and, like, but the quick thing is, like, I heard the baby in the living room, right? Like, and wow. – that brings you back because like now you're like you went from like well i'm gonna go i'm like well man like there's no one that knows what's going on right now right like like i gotta get back to the baby so i called 911 and then it went from there yeah if you if you don't mind me asking um it's like it's not even an easy way to ask like how i don't even know it's like how was it how how what what happened like in what way is that even i'm like i'm not even sure if it's appropriate to even really ask i mean you can ask me however like whatever you want to ask like i'm I'm not gonna get offended how did how did she go about uh, oh she shot herself wow that's that's intense um so like that's what i was saying like you know yeah but you don't you still go through the same thing like whatever training that kicks in kicks in and you're like well maybe and then you know you go through whatever you're thinking um, but yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely understand. And I, I just, the baby is, was really a godsend, uh, your right. son. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. it's so mysterious how these things can happen. And just like in that split second, like you hear that sense of, you know, whatever's real there because you feel like you're not in a real state and you hear oh, yeah. that realness. And then you're like, baby, all right, let me try to pick up the pieces from here. And where exactly. do you even start to pick up the pieces? Like, where does that begin? So I don't know, right? Like, <laughs> it was kind of like a haze. For that, I'll, I'll tell people that that week was like a haze, right? That first week, mm-hmm. even though it seemed like a lot, a lot of days passed by, but like, really, like, it happened that Sunday morning and my daughter was with her grandparents. So that whole day you had to go through talking to EMS, the police, everybody's doing the investigations. And then you go into like, where am I going to stay with the baby? Right. Cause I can't stay in that apartment. Right. Um, luckily my, the baby's godfather and godmother left that text message. 
right? And like they were here, you know, immediately. So they helped out with that. And then it was like, by the end of the day, I was like, yo, I hadn't still, I still hadn't told her mom yet. And I still hadn't talked to her dad. And I still hadn't talked to her daughter. You know what I mean? So that's probably yeah, like that whole day. That's a hard was, conversation to have. Paul. Yeah. They will sit with me for the rest of my life. I, I can tell you that was probably like the second hardest part uh, of that day was talking to everybody else. Wow. And having to kind of retell this, like not necessarily going through the every single step, but just having to retell every single solitary time had to be emotionally taxing. It is. It, it, it really was. Um, but like there's there's certain things I, I know that were way more taxing than others. Hearing her mom's voice once I told her and then talking to, you know, Destiny, our daughter afterwards. So yeah. and then, you know, seeing them face to face the next day because we drove up to uh, me and my buddy Ray drove up to Virginia that next day to talk to everybody. Wow. Is, is Ray in the military too, your buddy? Yeah. Yeah, that's that camaraderie though that we exactly. were kind of talking about. So it's he was like one of the is that the baby's godfather too or no? Yes. Okay, so that I think that's that camaraderie part we were talking about too. Like before you can even call, you know, family members, parents, and everything like that, you kind of pick up the phone and call your battle buddy, and that's exactly that's that. I mean, that camaraderie is definitely a a blood bond to say the yeah. least. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, that's the one that keeps you from doing stupid shit. That's the one yeah. that keeps you or, or gets or is at least side by side with you while you're <laughs> right. doing it, right? <laughs> you're in the trouble together, right? Yeah. They, they show up in a time of crisis. And the thing about that bond is that you don't even really have to speak. Like they know, like you, you've told them the situation in a way. And it's like, all right, I'm not going to say anything until you're ready to say anything, but it's like, I get you, you get me, and we can just take this whole car ride and probably not even speak and say nothing. Yeah. yeah. But they they get you. That yeah, whole, It's exactly. like a whole dialogue happening, but it's a silent dialogue. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. There were a lot of miles me and Ray putting on that car after everything, and we didn't talk at all. We just listened to music, and that was it. Yeah. I, I mean, that is just crazy and I, I see like now you do like a lot of uh physical health uh working out and stuff like that to, is that part of the healing process for you well i've always been into like working out and doing fitness and stuff like that that's always been a passion but okay. um i had to get into a routine so like you asked me like what i did to like try and get back into some normalcy right so the baby, the baby had no clue what was going on. He just knew we were staying in a hotel now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I made sure to keep him on a schedule, right? Like my daughter was supposed to typically stays with her grandparents during the summer, you know, keep her there, you know? Yeah. And then soon as I got the baby to daycare, I would go to the gym for like three hours in the morning and I'd work out for like three hours, come back to the hotel, force myself to eat something, take like a quick nap. And then I'm like, well, I got a couple hours before I got to go get the baby. I'm going to go back to the gym, right? <laughs> and yeah. like, that was yeah. my thing. And uh, it helped me, right? Because one, I wasn't alone, but two, I wasn't around people that really knew me. Because after COVID, there was only certain gyms that were open and the yeah. gym that I went to wasn't open. So I ended up going to a new gym. Mm. So like people didn't really know me. They just saw me as that guy that pretty much lived at the gym, you know? <laughs> They're like, yeah, who is this dude doing all this weird stuff? You know, but 
that was something that got me into like a, a form of salvation, right? Like mm. my workouts took on the form that of what I was feeling that day. Like if I felt like resentment, like I was pulling a lot more weight, right? Like if I felt heavy, you know, if I felt like agitated, I started slamming stuff. So like a lot of things like metamorphosized into like what I wanted to like release emotionally and physically. Right. And then, wow. um, people started telling me like, I need to go to counseling and go to therapy, but like setting up therapy appointments and stuff like that, like was hard. Right. Cause like, I didn't know where I was going to be at from this point to the next point. So I was like, I'll just keep on going to the gym. <laughs> right. Like, like this is working. Right. Like this is good. Right. I'm starting to look real nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, uh, and then I had some friends tell me to start writing stuff down. And uh, I was already going to school for behavioral health. So prior to it, and so I was just like, well, I'm gonna just write about how I'm feeling today and certain yeah. like parts of my journey, right? And uh, it started getting like a little, a lot of real good feedback and people were coming up to me in the gym. They're like, yo man, like I, I needed that today. And I felt like there's a lot of people that just need to see someone else being like open about things. And I think that's where we're at like now in the world right now, everybody got touched by 2020. Some of us got touched a little bit harder, right? Yeah. But 2020 touched everybody in a way and everyone thinks like their problems are too small or they're not big enough to talk about. And I think that's where we really need to start out and just be like, yo, if someone needs someone to say like, fine, I'll tell you what I'm going through. Exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about it. Now you talk to me about it. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, that olive branch for society is like something that we all need to do. You know what I mean? Like, so you know, like we, we're always taught like, yo, look to your left and your right. Those are, that's your family. Right. And like, but sometimes we forget to actually look to our left and our right. Yeah. Sometimes you get in that like tunnel vision where you're sitting there and you're just like, yo, I'm stuck. Yeah. Like truly stuck. And it's just me right now. And then you look over, you're like, oh, it's not just me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, okay, you're still here. Okay, that's good to know. Like, exactly. All right, help me out a little bit. That it's is like so. A lot of people. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, it's a lot of people that uh, appreciate you for your uh, for your transparency because you don't know. It's like some people may be suffering in silence, and then you're being so open about something that the the absolute unimaginable, and that allows people to open up to say like, okay, maybe I'm not the only one that's going through this. I see this person going through it. And maybe I could even talk to this person or it may prompt them to go and seek therapy, be it the gym or be it, uh, I don't know, like yoga, some sort of form of exercise or just talking, being more open, talking to family and, you know, and friends. And yeah, you're right. 2020 has touched people and countless different ways people yeah. felt isolation where they didn't feel isolation before people felt an abundance of people around them right. they didn't have that before it, it's been an a, like a emotion emotional roller coaster in 2020 for sure yes. for sure and for this to happen during that time period i know um it was just hard to get appointments in general during that time period in June because hospitals were closed. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you couldn't even visit people in a hospital in June. Well, they, you couldn't in Illinois where we're from. Um, yeah. I, I guess I'm, does she, did she show any signs of, of 
uh, wanting to get help prior to uh, she this did go to she did do like a zoom appointment you know prior like a few days prior um mm-hmm. but like i've gone to behavioral health and then like i can't imagine like sitting like on a screen to, like someone's talking to me and be like all right yeah. like i don't even know if you're like looking at me or playing solitaire you know what i mean like exactly. there's no that mm-hmm. personality uh personal experience isn't there right yeah um you can't really feel like yeah, you, yeah, you don't feel it right energy. yeah i had a couple of those doctor's appointments where it was like hey well well just self-examination i'm like i don't want to no that I that's not my job yeah, yeah right. right. I don't want to. I don't want to. No, I don't want to. I don't, I don't do want, this. You know, heartbeats per second. I, I want right. to do this. I yeah. want yeah. to be in the office. I want that that personal, that interpersonal, like that that connection, so you can see me lay literally lay eyes on me, see my mannerism, see everything that's going on with me for you to see the things that I can't say or verbalize. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that you know, not you know, but to be able to reach out to somebody to try to reach out to somebody and still not be able to put the pieces together you know it, it does create anxiety as well and exactly. you know you know we all want to right find reasons after a tragedy like how did this happen what happened you know you want to try to get to the bottom of it but sometimes we just can't you know and exactly. i don't know if you went through that process of oh, yeah. trying to find answers like what happened how did this happen you know so like you you definitely do that right i feel like we do that even when like uh a natural death happens right like with when you lose someone to old age you're like what if i could have spent more, more time here so would that helped them this day like mm-hmm. what if mm-hmm. i was different on that day right so you always have that like retrospect sucks right like <laughs> like you start thinking about like stupid arguments you've had like mm-hmm. things that you just weren't like patient enough or like what Ever, like moments that you really miss and you never took advantage of or like yeah like really truly appreciate it and like I can honestly say I do that probably like I don't know 20 30 times a day like that's lowballing I guess you know what I mean like yeah little moments you know, like I had a moment earlier today before we got on here like I was scrolling through Facebook and a song came on and I was like oh well that sucks Mm-hmm. I need to get my shit together real quick before I go on here. <laughs> like, you know, like, I was sitting there, I was like, well, I need to play some Call of Duty and just, you know, like, I, I need to do something, man. I'm, I'm feeling it right now. Right. Yeah, got to decompress. Yeah, you're like, oh. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my face, it was a little sweat. I was sweating. Yo, yo, exactly. Like, I had a whole moment earlier. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was just off of a song. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah you're going to do that. It, it comes in waves. I, um, you know, I had lost my father some time ago, but you do, you beat up your, you beat up on yourself more than anybody ever could. Cause you can be like, well, that I'm like, I could think of a few arguments where I'm like, I disrespected my dad. I was like, F you. And he made me so angry. And then I'm like, now that he's not here, I'll be like, damn, do you wish you could take that back? Honestly, I still don't wish I could take that back because I, when I said that, I meant it. I was yeah, angry. I, was I meant it that time. Right? <laughs> but you you get those things like no matter how long, it, it'll never be too long to where you're, you're past it. You just learn how to put one foot in front of the other and just continue. It's hard, just, it's hard but you just continue. You yeah. don't know how you even got through the day before, but you just know that you're here today and yeah. you just keep taking that next step day by day by day. Yeah. And it's okay to have those moments where you break down and be like, damn, that song, and that was, 
it ha- it's gonna yeah. happen. I, I have this theory that um, tra- like transcendence is a part of any healing process, and it, it sounds like that's where you are now, where you're sharing your story. Um, you're helping so many people uh, to get past a situation such as this, and I just think that's a, an amazing part of the healing process, and that you decided to share your story. Uh, to the world like do you do any like suicide awareness stuff too um the only thing I've really done so far is like done their reverent warrior stuff but like I'm, I'm looking um that's part of the reason I'm coming on these podcasts is to try and get the story out there and then yeah. be able to reach as many people as possible and like start that process right um I would love to be like a suicide awareness advocate in multiple arenas if it's online in person you know via writing um yeah I just want to be like a mental health advocate because we all have like little things, right? Like I, I deal with anxiety at times. Right. And I can tell you this experience sent my anxiety like through the roof at times. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like, so I, I just want people to be able to talk, right. Like it's okay to talk yeah. and you don't stop talking until you find someone to listen. Yeah, and especially guys, you know, you you guys are harder to yeah. (laughs) It is harder to get men to talk, and it's you know because it's like the strength thing, and I get it, you know, but it's maybe once you do start talking, emotions start flying, and then it's hard to kind of reel those emotions back in, and you know, right. But like I realized, like a lot of gym rats, like I'm a gym rat at heart, like I'll spend it all day in the gym if I could. Uh, (laughs) A lot of gym rats go to the gym because we're trying to deal with shit, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to work through stuff. And a lot of the dudes in like some of the gyms I've gone to and like that I've like read my stuff, I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm not the only one in here working through some stuff. (laughs) I might be big, you know, I might be whatever, but man, I want a hug. Yo, dudes want to be a little spoon sometime and it's normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we gotta normalize, you gotta, you gotta normalize masculine affection. And, right. you know, I think a lot of people, they'd be like, no, nah, I don't know, it's just, it's toxic when be like, no, nah, I'm gonna hug it on another man that's gay. Nah, and it's man. like, it's, it's not, yeah. It's not yeah. Got normalize me and being a little spoon. I like that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm all about it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> normalize I'll be the little spoon. Like, yeah, man, I'll be a little spoon. I'm a big little spoon right here. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. <laughs> like, like, I just, just want to be held. And it's like, is that okay? Can you yeah, like, hold me? I want hold me. I like, you know, that's, that's a aspect that we have. Like, society is always, you know, put up there, like, boys don't cry, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I got two boys, you know, like sometimes my oldest, he'll start crying. I'm like, yo, you got to stop that for like a second. You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and we do it. And it's one of those things, like, even when I talk to my boys, like, if we ever went through a breakup, it was like, hey, man, you want to talk about it? No. What do you want to do? Let's go to the club. Yeah. Go to the bar. <laughs> you, know, you want to have a party tonight? Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, and then we have those moments where we're drunk sitting outside. <laughs> Why she leave me, man? Right. Like you just exactly. <laughs> it comes out, it always alcohol induced alcohol because everything, right. all your defenses have been lowered. You can't yep. you don't you too drunk to even put up a defense and put up that that masculine, like, no, nah, man, I'm all good. No, they come I'm a dime a dozen. Right. Not yeah. over here in the fetal position crying, like, I don't understand. But we always got that one bro that's like, who are you trying to fool, bro? You <laughs> right. heard out here in these streets. The real one. The yeah, real deep one, like, yeah. Man, forget you, dog. Forget, 
get you, man. We don't want to talk about this. You know what I mean? Like, but we got to talk about it, bro. Like, it's, we have to, we have to be uh, those friends. Like, we might think we're being good friends by letting people just go drink it away, but you get into that habit where you end up drinking alone and yep. everybody's busy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. That's uh, that's how alcoholism starts. Like usually yeah. in those arenas where you know you used to drinking your problems away, or the you know the need to feel numb, and yeah. it just grows from there. And I, especially in a situation like this, like when you feel like you know you're almost the only person you know going through this particular situation, yeah. and that problem becomes bigger than everybody. Like you were saying earlier, everybody else's problem, and you don't know that somebody else is really there. And even though I haven't gone through it. You know, I could I could be a, a sounding board, you know. So right. uh, I just think that yeah, you know, people are our resources, and, and we definitely got to use those. And well, without a doubt, uh, it's it's definitely one of those things. Like I I had I I think I worked out too hard to like get to the point where I was drinking a lot. Yeah, you know? like, <laughs> like I was just tired. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I was just, I'll just go to bed. I'm not even hydrated you know, just, enough to go to drinking tonight. <laughs> like, right? Like, or it's like I. I'm the only one to wake up with a baby now, so I can't get turned. You know yeah, I mean? that's true. Yeah. So no, how how the, how are the kids doing with everything? Like how 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 are they transitioning? Uh, well, you know, the baby is the baby. Like he, yeah, he's like uh, I've, like there's things that I feel like he notices. You know, like you know that that maternal piece is missing, right? Yeah. Uh, my daughter, our daughter is awesome. I mean, like. You know, for a 15 year old, like she's she's experienced a lot of life. That's what I'll say. A lot of people are like, I won't say like turmoil. She's experienced a lot of life, right? Yeah. yeah. And she's really resilient. Um, and she's been a massive help to me in general because, like, you know, you kind of now I'm trying to play this balance, right? Like, I don't want her to be like a second parent. I want her to still be a kid, but you know, I still need help at times. Right. And she never hesitates to step in. Right. Like I can ask her like, yo, I just need you to take your brother for like 15, 20 minutes while I go knock this out or come get your brother while I run to the store. You know, if like when I put him down for bed at night, like, yo, don't burn the house down. I'm gonna go work out for an hour. (laughs) You know, she stepped up and she's balancing very well, you know, like, I can't, I couldn't ask for like a better kid to go through this with, right? Uh, and then like, I have a 10 year old who lives with his mom in a different state, but like, you know, like my kids are really resilient. Like, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better group of little humans to ride through this with, right? You know, so. <laughs> Yeah. And I think with the 15 year old, it's like just, and then having younger siblings, like regardless of whether like you have one or both parents, that's just going to be what happens that that older sibling always get that little bit of that burden to like to watch over their siblings no matter right. no matter what my it's, brother was only three years older than me and it was like watch your sister and it was it's just the thing yeah, yeah. it's such a tricky age too to yeah. go through you know something yeah. like to live this much life um at that tricky age where I, you know because most teenagers preteens are you know, trying to figure themselves out, their bodies, their exactly. emotions, you know, life interactions, and you know, to take on such a mature uh, attitude about it and be able to move forward without, you know, just having a lot of bent up, pent, pent up resentment towards just life in general, you know, and I think that is a huge deal uh, for uh, her to be so resilient and be able to just kind of 
try to bounce back every day. I know every day is not a good day for sure, but. Oh, no, no. Me and her have conversations probably every few days and we'll talk about it and it'll come up or we'll bring up something. And, you know, before I do these interviews, I ask her like, you want want me to talk about anything? And she's usually like, no, but (laughs) like, I think last night we talked and she was just like, just make sure people ask for help. And like, I was like, well, I'll make sure I tell people to keep asking for help. Yeah, definitely. And it's, she also said that uh, it's not you that just because you thinking you're like ending the pain, you're just passing that pain on to someone else. So that was what she said. So I made sure and let you guys know that that's her viewpoint wow. on it from a teenager. Yeah, just the way she able to just assess it like that. So that's that's pretty profound. That's pretty amazing. The just in general, this story has been just crazy. Have you gone back to uh, active duty yet, or you kind of have a leave? Uh, actually, I signed in off a of leave today, uh, so wow. I start in processing Thursday. Okay, wow. Uh, so, uh, are you? I mean, you ready to, to jump back? <laughs> like, are you ready to jump back into it? <laughs> uh, nah, man. <laughs> so, like, I am, but I'm not right. Right. <laughs> so like a part of me is like, oh, man, like when I would go hang out of the office and talk to people, I'm like, oh, wow, I miss this. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, like now it's like a new phase. Right. Like now I'm like, I got to get the baby ready before work, getting yeah. daycare. Then I got to make sure my kids doing right in school, get off of work, cook dinner, all this stuff. Right. And yeah. You know, like you, you feel like you got a routine going and you can always have a plan until you don't, right? It's like yeah. Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, like it's, That's true. it's literally just like that. Like I sit and think of like, man, what about them days I'm about to be working late and like I got to rush back and I don't have time to cook dinner or I thought I cooked dinner or something happens, like Murphy's Law type stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm ready to get back and try and get my part of the normal back into place because the kids are set. You know, the kids are in day- Gabe's in daycare, Destiny's in school. So it's I guess it's my turn to, you know, get back into the swing of things and, you know, start my new normal in this process. Build a yeah. new routine there. And yeah. Just remember, it's like, it's just, it's not going to be like a, a perfect situation. It's not going to be seamless. You know oh. what I mean? It's it's yeah. not it's gonna be one of those days it's like, yeah, you won't be able to cook, you won't be able to do this, and you won't be and don't get hard on yourself. Like right. okay. it's just it's gonna come with the territory, it just happens. You're gonna, I mean, you're a single dad now, and you do have, you know, I'm pretty sure people that's able to like to step in and have, oh, yeah, I have like, a support system is key. Yeah, a great support system, without a doubt. Awesome. It sounds like you got a a great uh best friend over there that you know, oh, comes yeah. through for you and uh just a family of people because your family is not too far you said no um my dad lives in raleigh my okay. mom and my brother live in greensboro and i got family all throughout north carolina and then her family is in north carolina like durham Cary area and then uh virginia so like everybody's like super close we both like grew up in this area so okay well that's at least that's a, a good backup that you have a support system. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, is there any, uh, I don't know, resources that, that you would recommend or uh, that anybody going through something similar, you know, where, where they should even start to reach out? Like, so if you are, for me, I always say the suicide hotline is always a good place to go. 
Mm -hmm. Um, there's plenty, like we always post it. Like you always see those posts on Facebook, like you're not going through it alone. Like I always make sure I share those. Like before I was sharing them, but like now I'm like, yo, I'm really sharing. (laughs) I really see this. You know what I mean? I, I always suggest that chaplain, if you're not a religious person, it doesn't have to be that way. Like they always can help you in that aspect. Sure. Um, and then, you know, like I always say, your buddy is always going to be your best friend. You know what I mean? Like your buddy is the closest thing you got. Like I know if I ever called any person I've served with, like, yo, I am going through it right now. I need you to just sit and listen or talk me off this ledge. Like they're going to do the best I can. If not, they're going to head my way, you know, um, and stay on the phone with you the time until they get there too. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And a lot of people don't want to talk to like suicide lines or go to behavior health or whatever, right? And um, obviously, you guys know like there's a stigma behind that, and there always has been, but it's gotten better over the years. I'll definitely say that. Um, yeah. But there's always that stigma where you don't want to do that. Um, like a hotline, it's like hotline. You call it a hotline. It's almost like admitting that you want to harm yourself right and nobody wants to admit that that will cross their mind and what they want to harm themselves because you get that whole like all oh, it's selfish it's this it's this is that yeah. so it's like no i don't want to harm myself but you kind of do want to harm yourself yeah you don't want to tell these strangers <laughs> that don't know you that you want right. to yeah so it's because they're not going to tell the story the same way exactly call your friend your battle buddy and be like uh hey and automatically yeah. like you good <laughs> right yeah. that yeah. you good and like you can feel it like no yeah. I'm, not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good not no. exactly no i'm not okay um, yeah yeah and like that's that's the thing it's like we we have to understand that it's i used to be that way like every like i've had buddies that were like yo i'm gonna do it and i've talked them off that ledge and i could never wrap my head around like how someone could be that way and that day, like I said, like for a certain period of time, I was there. You know what I mean? Wow. I, in my brain, I was like, well, well, this is it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm going out with her, you know? And like, I now understand what, even though I didn't feel it for very long, I felt it. And that feeling is going to stick with me for the rest of my days. There are, obviously this whole experience is going to stick with me for the rest of my life, but yeah. It'd be that, that moment, moment, definitely. Yeah definitely is going to make me feel um i can relate a little bit better you know yeah and i say that your son like your son was your saving grace that day he saved your oh, life yeah. because oh, he did been over like baby being babysat maybe even at the daycare or anything you you might have very well let that that thought that passing thought literally consume you Oh yeah, it would have been. It's like a trance. Like you, you locked in in a trance, and you would have just been led to do what your initial thought was to do. That's true. Yeah. And I'm. You know, he he knows it. Well, I mean, I don't think he knows it, but I'll tell him later. Yeah, he'll <laughs> you know he'll, I mean? he'll know it after a while. Yeah. And, he'll and then, like you know, that energy definitely spread spread to the rest of my kids as well. Like. Like the closer everybody like it. but him that day he was he was the one you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah he, kids are, are weirdly intuitive too so yeah. they can they they can pick up on all emotions yeah. without us even talking so it could have been a sound that. like right in that moment it could have been that like when you was in that moment it could have been a eh. yep like and that's all it was 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's literally all it was. Wow. He just was just in the car seat. He was just wondering why he was still in the car seat in the apartment and all. Eh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Someone's, someone's here. Someone's here. I'm not well, alone. Someone's here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you still have that bit of, it's not super dark, but you still have that bit of dark humor too that, that, we all have it, you know, when oh, we're yeah. dealing with stuff. So yeah, it's, it's real. It's dark, like, it's like seeping through every <laughs> our conversation. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think that that does help us get through a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, that dark humor. So dark humor you know, awkward conversations that's hard and you just start there and it's like, oh, that got really dark. And then you laugh at the fact that it's dark. Like, oh, it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah, you're like, oh, I don't know where I'm going after this, but you know, <laughs> this is that conversation now. We're here now. We're know. in it. We're in it now. We're here. Right. <laughs> we'll turn it back. Cute, man. I, we really appreciate you coming on the show and and telling us your story. Uh, how could people reach you that maybe want to, you know, reach out and say, hey, you know, I'm going through something similar. Or Thank you for sharing your story. Like, how can anybody reach you? Well, um, you can always reach me on IG. It's Q underscore Wilk, uh, okay. W-I-L-K. Or you can find me on Facebook. Just type my name, Quentin Wilkinson, and you'll find me. Uh, gotcha. And you can reach out anytime. I'm all, all about talking. Like, if you can't find anyone else to talk to, like, I'll talk. You know what I mean? Like, I'll listen. You can call, you know, FaceTime me. I might be in bed. I might be a little, you know, groggy, <laughs> but... I'll listen until I'm stay until I fall back asleep. At least I'm <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's, like um, that's the thing we do now. Like you, you could be half sleep and whatever, but somebody call you, you like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna brush this shit off. I need they, they need me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I gotta listen. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much, Q. We really appreciate you coming on the show. And oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we we, we we gotta call you back again. Like after I I know you're gonna end up in this you know, this arena somehow, especially that you were going to school for behavioral health too. So oh, yeah. this will be interesting to have you back in a couple months just to kind of see how things are going. You can reach us at our website, combatdivaspodcast.net. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Combat Divas Podcast and Twitter at Combat Divas Pod 1 for all of the updated information on our book. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter to stay current on special deals and updates. Combat Divas, stomp your left, right, left, Combat Divas.